Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Vagina Slims. For those who are new around here, my name is Lauren Rose and I run this podcast every other Friday. That's the goal for now, (laughs) given quarantine and, you know, having nothing to do. Um, But yeah, we just talk about movies and life and all that shit. So thanks for tuning on in. Um... Okay, so this is actually a very bizarre time in my life because I am moving during a pandemic. So I'm kind of bummed out, to be truthful. This is like my last night in San Francisco. And by the time you're listening to this, I'll be in a totally different place. So yeah, I'm kind of bummed out just because it's so weird. I... I came to San Francisco a couple months ago now um, and it was a really like hasty decision. I had this job opportunity and I didn't know if I wanted to do it or if I wanted to move to LA Um, and I decided within like three days to take this job offer and I just packed up everything. I was currently at a different festival in Utah and I moved out to San Francisco and I found a place and it was great. And then, you know, a couple of weeks into working, everything got canceled and shit happened. And we all know what's happening out there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it sucked. But with all this quarantine, I've probably engaged more with the outside world than I usually do. Um, you know, like I talked about in previous episodes, I, I've been doing a lot of, you know, safe, distanced, um, walks and just kind of getting out and really exploring the neighborhood. And it's just so crazy to me how, like thinking back to a couple months ago when I was so not afraid, but just, you know, when you come to a new neighborhood or a new, new city and, you don't know where you're going and you're always like looking at your maps or using directions. And now that I'm here, like I, I know this surrounding neighborhood, like the back of my hand, you know, and it's just, it was, I went to like my spot. I have a tree stump that I sit on that overlooks, um, kind of like the Marina district, um, and the Presidio. And I just sit there pretty much like every night and I watched the sun go down um, and see the sunset and stuff. And as I was walking back, I was kind of listening to music to see, you know, what I wanted to play on here. And I walked past, you know, my trusty, you know, expensive <laughs> laundry mat that I go to. And these kids were literally smoking a joint in there. <laughs> like obviously not the time um they definitely were sharing it but anyways it was just very San Francisco and um I don't know I'm just gonna miss it I'm I'd be lying if I said that I was excited to be moving not even just 
with this pandemic stuff, but it's like, I just really found, I don't know, like I just really resonated with this city and um, if my career, you know, involved me being here, I totally would stay, but it's not really the case right now, so I gotta go. Um, so yeah, I'll wax poetic more on that later, but it just feels like a breakup and I am having a moment. So I'm going to play more music probably than usual this episode. Um, I'm starting off with a combo. This is Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks and then Hold On by John Lennon. Enjoy.
You're gonna make the fly When you're by yourself And there's no one else You just have yourself And you tell yourself Just to hold on Kink starting off with Waterloo Sunset, followed by Hold On by John Lennon. Those are just like two songs that I was listening to back to back to back to back um, constantly for the past like two weeks because, you know, in order to not go crazy, I've been doing these walks, which also make me feel kind of crazy. Yeah, I literally... Actually, it started off really pleasant because um, I've been doing my walks, but one morning I woke up and I looked out my window and I saw this huge, like, just blanket of fog up in the hills. And that's like that iconic, you know, San Francisco fog. And I actually haven't seen much of it um, being here because it was more in the springtime and now it's getting closer to summer and there's more fog. Um, but I saw that and something in me literally just like made me get up from bed at, you know, 7 (laughs) a.m. When usually I've been waking up around 9, 9 9.30 and I like made some coffee and I just booked it like up these huge, huge hills to get to the forest because I knew it was going to look super beautiful, all foggy and... I just like captured these really amazing videos, just like stupid, you know, iPhone videos. And it made me feel really connected. So I've been trying to do that more and more often. And I ended up going on a five mile like hike. And this isn't a flex. It was dumb because I just I wasn't prepared for it I you know like some people like for me I don't like reading directions you know like when I play a board game like the last thing I want to do is read the directions so I often do that with like trails (laughs) um like I don't I don't figure out where I'm going or you know when it loops back or whatever so I went on this trail I was just following it and I was getting deeper and deeper into the presidio and this is like coyote season it's like pupping season you know (laughs) like it's kind of scary out there and I ended up literally 
entering the corner of um, a cemetery, but the Golden Gate Bridge, which I'd been to before, actually. Um, but I walked there from my house, which is crazy. So then I'm like, oh, shit, I got to walk all the way back. But I had an appreciation for um, The Lighthouse, that film, uh, Robert Eggers, because if you've never been in like a misty, windy fog before, like you haven't lived, you haven't felt like the chill on your bones. It was intense because <laughs> um, it's crazy. It's it's so powerful when you're in it. And then if you just walk a few yards away um, and get to like a lower elevation, you're out of that like wind cycle and it's just totally fine. But um yeah, I definitely resonated with that uh, that movie. But I've just been trying to retain like every morsel of the city because it's truly beautiful. I mean, they have such a respect for art and architecture, and just culturally, it's it's very rich. Um, and I'm nervous about like going to other places after this because I feel like that's not not very respected in other places you know what I mean um but one thing about San Francisco that I liked and I kind of researched a lot about was it just like their overall resiliency which has been a topic a hot topic uh during this quarantine it's like how can I be resilient how can I want to move forward or maintain, you know, me. And I was just kind of researching about their past and they've really gone through it. I mean, like 1900 to 1910 was a bad stretch. Uh, Literally, they had the bubonic plague. So many people died. And then in... That was like 1900 to 1904. And then in 1906, they had this huge, huge, huge earthquake. And because so many of the houses were wood and built so close together, and it was like a rising city. They they called it the Paris of the Pacific. They wanted to be just kind of like almost like European, like just a sight to see, you know. But they they built the houses so close together, and they're all made of wood. And when there are earthquakes, there are often fires, you know. And so the whole, um, like I think northern part of the city just completely went up in flames. And they even tried to stop the fires from traveling by, you know, putting like dynamite in buildings and blowing those up to just kind of stop the path and. Um, you know, the embers just traveled in the wind and this city was dead. Like, it was like pulverized, you know what I mean? And after that, you know, they started to rebuild and they rebuilt hotels exactly to what they were before. And I mean, it's crazy if you look in that neighborhood now where the fire was, like a lot of the buildings are, you know, 
10 or something around that era. And then if you go to a different part of the city where the fire didn't touch, the buildings are older. So it's just, I don't know. It's interesting like that. But the main thing um, that really brought everyone together was this fair in 1915. Um, People call it the World's Fair, but it was the Panama Pacific International Exposition, and it was from February 20th to December 4th, um, so it was really long. They literally took the marina district, and it was kind of like empty land, and they they borrowed it from the owners um, who owned the pieces of land and constructed all of these huge buildings to exhibit art and um spaces for people to come and experience different cultures uh and it was like the place to be and it was such a revival of a city that was torn by these disasters you know i'm gonna leave some links down below if anyone is you know a nerd and wants to look into this but they had like weird things like a baby parade or they showcase like the first incubators for babies um that the west coast ever had and there were new models of ford cars and there was a aviator um lincoln beachy i think his name was but he kind of did all these like aerial stunts and he would fly over the pacific for all of these crowds and do you know loop-de-loos or whatever (laughs) i'm sure there's more a more better name whatever don't at me um anyways he died he literally died like a mid-stunt um and everyone saw it and i think that was march um and they they still kept on doing the fair because you know the show must go on but um I don't know it's it's just crazy it just sounded like such a beautiful time and a lot of the buildings um were constructed out of like plaster and burlap like they weren't they're almost like movie sets like they weren't meant to last forever meaning after the fair ended they would just crumble and they would kind of bulldoze them and that would be that you know um there was one tower um it's called the tower of jewels and it had all of these like gems on the outside i think they were like multicolored, and you think this is like back in the day so there's not a lot of great photos but there's some like artifacts that people have you you know, they would sell little gems at the end, but they would shine a light on it at night and it would just sparkle. And during the day with the sun, it would sparkle. And the only um, monument, I guess you could say, that is left is the Palace of Fine Arts, which is like this dome, um, kind of like Roman, you know, columns. Um, I took some video of it, but there's so many sculptures inside of it. And it's really, that in itself is really interesting because obviously, you know, like, like they said, it was built with plaster and burlap and it wasn't meant to stay. But at the end of the, the um, fair, everyone was so disappointed that these things are 
just going to go away. So they kind of reinforced it. And then throughout, you know, the decades after, um, they restored it even more. But during World War II, like, no one gave a fuck about it. They um, used it to store Jeeps. Um, I mean, I could go kind of on and on about it but I guess what struck me the most I was like watching a documentary about it and a lot of like couples met there because that was the place to be um and they were saying like the night that it ended you know they they turned off the lights or whatever um and all the buildings were shut down and that was it but people stayed literally till sunrise, like weeping because it just it was such like this symbol of revival for a city that was um, devastated, you know, years before. And I just thought that was a really beautiful um, kind of moment, you know, like couples sitting on the hillside, like watching these grand buildings go dark you know, for the last time. So I don't know. San Francisco is not without it, its flaws 100%. But um, I mean, their story is pretty amazing, you know, and I'm just glad I got to come here. And it's kind of been the first city that I've actually felt kind of home at you know what I mean um which makes leaving hard like like I said it feels like a breakup um just because I know the path ahead of me isn't as dreamy as where I am now but you know being here was only temporary and I have to remember that so San Francisco I love you thank you for having me (laughs) um okay We're going to play a song. This is I Found a Reason by The Velvet Underground. Enjoy.
so good this has actually been the first time that I felt like 100% about the music selection (laughs) given the context of life so um yeah wild time a wild time indeed um I don't know guys it's been weird I had a friend recently who passed away from the virus, you know, which blows. Um, It's just, like, strange knowing that. I mean, I work festivals, you know, film festivals in particular, and then I do production stuff. But knowing that my friends who I worked with will not be on the circuit again, you know, like, I really consider these people to be my family um, so it sucks, but I also know he was so like vivacious and crazy. <laughs> um, I just know that he wouldn't want us to be moping around, you know? So I'm trying to do 
my best, but the shit is really, like, I know, like, I was talking about before, the bubonic plaque, you know, like, every generation has its shit to go through, and this is one of those times, and you just have to wait it out, but when you've been taught your whole life to just be this cog on a wheel to go, 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 capitalism, work, 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 and then having to sit with yourself, it's definitely um, a vibe. (laughs) It's interesting. So, um, yeah, I I have some questions I'll answer. Um, I'm going to make a Instagram for V-Slims in particular, so kind of watch out for that. Um, but I'm pulling questions from my personal Instagram for now. Um, but this one in particular was, was interesting. Um, Desert Road said, what films have you been inspired by lately? And I rewatched, um, Tuck Everlasting because it's very, (laughs) I mean, timely, I guess. Um, Tuck Everlasting was a book, I think it was made or was written in the 70s by Natalie Babbitt. And this is a book that I've had since I was a kid um, that I still, like, I keep with me as a full-on grown-ass adult because it was just, um, it kind of hit home. And it's about a young girl in the early 1900s who kind of escapes her very prim and proper life, um, and happens upon this really hot guy. <laughs> this is my addition. Um, and this hot guy drank from this um, spring coming up from, from a tree, and it has power of immortality. So obviously they fall in love, and it's like, you know, very cute when you're reading it as a preteen. You're like, I want to drink the water. <laughs> um, but it like growing older and older like every time I rewatch the the film you know with Alexis Bledel or I read the book it just like hits on another level because you know it's it's this thing it's like if people were to find out about the immortality spring you know people would do anything to live forever um, it's very like Westworld vibes too, you know what I mean? Um, and people are horrible and we don't, we don't want that because nature cycles us out and that's just the way it is. And I don't know. I just thought it was a really good watch recently. Um, also it's kind of interesting because in the seventies they were really obsessed with kind of this older, like early 1900s culture, um, as a way of like slowing down, you know what I mean? So I wonder if we're going to be like churning butter or something from now on, (laughs) because literally like we have nothing else to do. Um, but like culture is weird like that. And I stan Alexis Bledel. Um, okay. More questions. And I'm sorry if I don't get to yours, where are you moving next? Uh, what are your upcoming plans by Danish Dana? I'm moving into LA and I don't really have any plans. Um, 
I wanted to go into more production work, but obviously that's been halted, so we'll see. Cowgirl Cass says, was there a specific thing, movie slash show, that influenced you to go into your current field? Or was it more of a collection of everything? I'd say it's a collection. Um, There's been a lot of films that have moved me. Um, Like, I loved Greg Araki's work. Like, The Doom Generation, Nowhere, all that stuff. Um, Mysterious Skin. And when I went to Sundance and I saw him at a QA, and a you know, that was just like a very, like, holistic moment. I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, where I need to be and what I need to do. And I just want to get closer and closer to, like, good shit, um, good work. But, yeah, I guess it's just more of a collection of, of the things that I talk about in this show or whatever um, that just make me feel really thankful to be you know, a patron of the arts, um, but also it just makes me inspired to help collaborate with these filmmakers to bring really good content <laughs> or artwork or whatever for future generations to appreciate. So, and now A, probably said that wrong. Um, says, what are some things that make you feel more human, especially in this whole mess? I mean, just knowing uh, humans are, I mean, we're interesting because we understand mortality and we, we mourn really heavily and we go through all the emotions and just keeping in touch with that side of being a human, um, has made me feel like more grounded um and I do that you know by watching films like having people provoke moods uh feelings within me um and then also going outside into nature like I said with these walks and just kind of experiencing um the small things that make life a little more enjoyable so yeah but it's not easy it's definitely not easy. Mintman says, a favorite film for a rainy day and why? I'd say I kind of have multiple answers. <laughs> um, I really like Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte. It's kind of been on my brain recently. Like I like a noir. Like if it's going to rain, I want to indulge in the rain and like be moody. Um, but I've been liking The Twilight Zone recently because they're shorter. It's not like a full-on film, and my attention span is really bad. So, yeah, anything that's, like, dramatic and noir I like. But truthfully, like, on the low, Twister is my all-time favorite film. And it makes me miss the Midwest because... You know, I've been in Utah and California recently for work and they just don't throw down like the severe weather is not here. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. I just miss like the true greenage, you know, intense storms and Twister was my favorite movie growing up. So when it rains, I kind of get nostalgic and sometimes I'll watch Twister. Um but usually I'm just kind of more of a moody, noir gal. 
And then last question, Elusiva says, have you ever been in love? And I feel like I have been in love. I'm not quite sure because I haven't had a second to compare it to, but I've had like very deep respect for people, um, kind of like a lost soulmate, you know, interaction with people, but I have felt that like gut-wrenching puppy love uh, one time in my life. So, okay, um, I'm going to go because I have to get up super early in the morning, but um, I'm going to leave you with some Beach Boys and Elvis. This is All I Want to Do by the Beach Boys and a really nice rendition of Blue Moon by Elvis Presley. I'll talk to you guys soon. Enjoy. Be safe. We'll talk. Have a good one. Bye. Standing alone 
Blue 